Welcome to the Disruptive Consulting Podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Today, we are here with Harry Duran, a podcast strategist, a producer at Fullcast. Um, Harry, thank you for being on the show today. Why don't you take a moment, introduce yourself, tell everyone a little bit more about your, about you. All right, thank you so much for uh, having me come on the show, and uh, I'm excited to share some time with you and your listeners. Uh, podcasting journey started in 2014. I was in corporate for 20 plus years, corporate marketing. Uh, and then I, I wanted to start a podcast. My first passion is actually electronic music. I grew up DJing, vinyl, turntables, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> grew up in New York. So uh, I was working on the mobile app and then, uh, for, for electronic music called Know Your DJ. And I wanted to start a podcast. So I went to New Media Expo in Las Vegas in 2014. It was bloggers, YouTubers, and podcasters. Uh, quickly shifted gears, realizing how hard it was going to be to track down these world-trotting DJs. And, and I started interviewing podcasters. So my first show is Podcast Junkies. Super meta. It's a podcast where I interview other podcasters. So <laughs> that's been running for nine-plus years, 310-plus episodes since starting the show. It's opened up a whole new world for me in terms of podcasting. I was doing everything in the beginning, everything related to the show, as you can probably relate to, scheduling the guests, recording, doing the interview, graphics, social media, writing the show notes, edit everything. I had to do everything myself. So for that first year, I learned uh, what, what, how, and how a good podcast sounds like, and then how to produce one and market one. And then I started my agency. I had hired a business coach by then. I started my agency, Fullcast, in 2015, and it's a full-service done-for-you podcast where we handle all aspects of the the setup. Uh, the editing, audio video editing, and all the the marketing as well. So that's been running. We've launched over 110 shows since then. And then I, in 2020, I launched a second show. It's called the Vertical Farming Podcast, super niche. But uh, I saw that it was a growing industry. Um, it's a sponsors-led show. It's been uh, sponsor-driven since starting it. I've interviewed over 100 CEOs and founders of the leading vertical farming companies from around the world. And I've spoken to podcast movement about how that that show itself has generated over 80k in sponsorship dollars. So, as you might imagine, now I eat, sleep, and breathe podcasting. <laughs> wow. wow, that's amazing. So tell tell me. So you mentioned podcast junkies, right? Uh, so I I was doing a little bit of research about that on on podcast junkies. Um, I noticed it's seen kind of a wide range. Um, of topics across 
you know, a number of fields. Um, now, are are there any kind of elements or themes that you you noticed have resonated with listeners? Kind of just overall, and if so, uh, you know how can a podcast host incorporate these elements into their own shows? Yeah, thanks for asking that. So when I first started, as many podcasters do, I was following the lead of other podcasters that I had seen. I had met uh, John Lee Dumas, who runs Entrepreneur on Fire, and obviously with his uh, military background, he had the discipline to do a daily podcast, which I don't recommend for anyone getting started. It's a lot of work just to get a weekly one or even a monthly one out. But I wanted to incorporate the visible, the visual aspects of a podcast. And back in 2014, that was a little harder. So I had to use Skype with call recorder so I could see the guest because I wanted that face-to-face -face interaction because at that time, people were just doing audio podcasts. And it's really hard to get that connection going. If you're just doing audio, you don't know if the, if the connection is bad and if, if they heard you and you, you lose a lot of the visual cues. And I understood early on the power of building that relationship over an hour, having that conversation with someone. So I was inviting a lot of these people that I met at conferences that were speaking on these panels, podcasters, people that have been OG podcasters since 2006, 2008. And I just wanted to come on and said, I just want to tell your story. I did. I studied a little bit of acting when I was in New York. So I always loved that show inside the actor studio. If you remember that show and I love James Lipton would interview these actors who you just see on the screen, but when you had them in the studio for an hour, you're like, oh, wow, this is like a real person. They've got like uh, real life stories. And I, that was the vibe. I said, that's the, the energy I wanted to bring around these conversations I was having with these people. And obviously I was looking at body language in the beginning, like every podcaster, I had like my list of questions <laughs> and I was just going through the, the standard questions and probably asking some silly stuff about like, what's your favorite yogurt or ice cream flavor or something like that <laughs> rapid fire stuff that a lot of podcasters do. But, uh, but over time I realized, and I started to listen to a lot of podcasts. I think I was listening to a lot of Mark Marin, Terry gross, just people that have been doing it for a while. Jordan Harbinger, um, Pat Flynn, who was inspiring as well. And I noticed the podcasts that I like to listen to were more conversational. And I was like, oh, I just want to tell stories and I just want to hear people talk about what's happening because what's what's helpful for people who are just getting into podcasting when they're listening to my show is they realize like people start from all walks of life and they can talk about a wide range of topics. I mean, people talk about the shows that people, the podcasting, it was around their love of dinosaurs, people that love knitting, you know, people that talk about like comic books, you know, every range you can think of, people have started at this point, started a podcast around it. And so, but the common thread was, you know, they, they started just like you and I did, you know, they started figuring out who they wanted to speak to and they did a little bit of research. But I found over time, this function of being able to connect with a one-to-one -one person is really just a skill that I had to learn over time. And I learned how to ask open-ended questions and I learned how to pull threads. If something, somebody said something interesting, I'd be like, oh, hey, Brian, tell me a bit more about that. And, and why'd you do that? And, and where did the inspiration come from for that? And have you always been like that? You know, you're getting people to open up and, and it, it's not something that's easy to do, especially when you're just meeting someone for the first time. But just this idea of relating to people on a one-to-one -one level. And over time, what I realized is when you think about a podcast conversation, there's really three people involved. There's the host, there's the guest, and then there's the listener.
And I always say listener singular, like there's one person listening to your show at a time. A lot of people, when they get started, they're like, hey, everyone, it's my podcast. Like, like they're on stage, but you're not on stage. Like it's a very intimate medium. Like the listener right now is, you know, your listeners listening to this. They're probably maybe like doing the dishes or walking a dog or, you know, going out for a run. And they want to be able to connect with you. It should feel like, you know, we're in a bar having a conversation. They just pulled up a stool and just listened to us chat. And so over time, I realized that that was a skill that I needed to hone and get better at. And I just showed that podcasters, you know, they have this visible, this, this front facing personality that you hear, but a lot of times you don't hear all the stuff that's happened on the back end. You know, the, the mailman coming to interrupt the conversation or the, the, the landscaper coming with the weed whacker just at the moment you hit record. So everything that has gone wrong and any, anyone who's a podcaster can definitely relate. Cause I've heard it all at this point. It was just showing like, look, we're not trying to be NPR. We're all real people living real lives and we don't have perfect recording environments, but you know, we just want to tell stories and we want to connect with people on a human level and that's really what's been the common thread since i started the show thank you um you know one thing that you you mentioned and, and i think that this is this is pretty common um across a, a number of people that i've asked similar questions so you mentioned uh you know some some of the the founding members of podcasting and you mentioned like jordan harbinger and some people mentioned like joe rogan um Everyone leaves out Adam Carolla. I don't. I don't know why he's always overlooked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's just a function of whoever is like was a fan of his and who knows his stuff. And I think some of the people that have come into podcasting after you know that the Adam Carolla wave, like they may they may not even know who he is or may not even know like what how in, you know important he was in, in those early days of podcasting. But he, I'm I'm pretty sure he had the first ever podcast. And I'm pretty like I'm pretty confident that that's a fact. I think the credit goes to um uh geez, Adam Curry uh as well from MTV um because yeah. he's he's known as the podfather and he is he's the the person who actually he I don't know if he had the first podcast but he may have like actually coined the term podcasting and he together with uh, Dave Weiner who invented the RSS feed they sort of kind of came up with this idea of creating a podcast and like syncing your iPod to a computer and, and downloading the audio and it gets pretty technical and 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 in terms of like those early early days which was around 2006 if I if I remember correctly but uh yeah I think um it could be the actual first podcast that was recorded I, I think um may have been adam or, or some other folks but it was definitely around the same time that everyone was like discovering it oh yeah i did not know about adam curry that's interesting I, i'm All just right. i'm just i'm just dating myself because i grew up in the mtv <laughs> mtv days and i actually remember adam curry from mtv you know so it's like oh i got to actually meet adam curry at podcast movement last year and it was a pretty surreal moment i'm just like oh it's one of the mtv vjs and he's got a whole initiative now called podcasting 2.0 which is um, a way for podcasters to have uh, direct access to their audiences and allow them to contribute money to the show in the form of um, fractional Bitcoin, which are called Satoshis. And you can look at Podcasting 2.0 to learn more about that. They've got a whole other podcast they've done that talks about this this new thing that they're doing. But he's 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 come and go. He's come and gone in the podcasting space. But now he's kind of having a resurgence because of this work that he's doing to help support indie podcasters. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I will look. I'll definitely look into that. Wow. Um. Okay. So I I have 
a couple of questions that I usually ask every guest. I just want to make sure I touch on, on, on a couple of those. So uh, one thing that I, I do want to ask, uh, Ken, so how, what do you, how do you feel like you're disruptive in your industry? There are a ton of podcasters. I feel like I already know the answer, but what, how, do you, how do you feel like you are a disruptor? I think early on, I think what's been important for me is coming from a corporate marketing background, I realized I was looking at all the different ways that I could build those that connection with my audience. And I knew in the beginning that since nobody knew who I was, I would have to work harder to make myself more visible. So I've done everything you can think of to market my show and put myself out there. But also, I'm, I'm really passionate about making that one-to-one -one connection, not only with my guests, because I realized the long-term effect of podcasting is to build those relationships. And I saw it with my second show as well. Like if, you, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're trying to connect with someone, you say, hey, can I, can I buy you a coffee or can we... Uh, can we like chat for 15 minutes? You know, can I, can I pick your brain, which is what everyone loves to hear? You know, that's all code for, can I get some free consulting basically? <laughs> but what's interesting, you know, and people know this, who've, who've been on the receiving end of this, what's fascinating. And it, it just ha happens time and time again. Like I, I've interviewed people from Google, from Amazon on podcast junkies. And I said, look, I have a podcast where I speak to some of the most fascinating voices from the world of podcasting. And I want to, and I've seen the work that you do. And I would love for you to share your story with my audience. Completely different energy when you deliver it like that. And they're like automatically like, oh yeah, I would love to come on. And they rarely ask me about download numbers. They just are comfortable that I now have been doing this for nine plus years. I've shown consistency. And like I said, I was just trying to get visibility for the show in the beginning. So it's easier now. But in those early days, I was buying uh, the, my logo. My original logo is like this bright yellow color. I was buying these yellow t-shirts with podcast junkies on them. And I'd have like 50 of them and I'd be walking around podcast movement with them. And I'm like, hey, Brian, would you like a, they're like, are those shirts free? I'm like, I have a $10 one and a free one. Which one do you want? And they're like, uh, I'll take the free one. And they're like, well, you just got to subscribe to my show. Like, pull out your phone, subscribe to my show. Like, and I would watch them do it. And then I'm like, okay, you got a t-shirt. And I take a picture with them. So I was working overtime to just like get visibility for the show because I knew like in those early days, no one knew who I was. And then the next year I'd come back to podcast movement and be like, Hey, Harry, still got those shirts again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, so I was known as the guy who was like carrying the shirts, but you got to go into the audience. Mine's niche. Mine's a podcast about podcasting. So I'd go to a podcasting conference. But if your podcast is around like, uh, real estate or, or investing or sewing, you would go to a conference specifically for that. And then you could talk about your show. So I think really, you know, just to come back to your question, I've always been interested in, in building this rapport with my guests so that, you know, I, I want to get them to open up. And a lot of times, you know, when a podcast guest says, well, I've never told anyone this before, but, and you're just like, you just got to like shut your mouth and just like don't interrupt them because they're going to give you some real, real gold in that moment. And I just learned over time just to, you know, how to do that. Listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I consider myself a student of podcasting and, and podcasts, specifically interview podcasts, because I'm just fascinated when I hear other shows. You mentioned Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss. They, they all do this very well. Jo Jordan Harbinger does a ton of research on his guests. And it's just interesting because you got to like figure out where's that connection? How do you make that connection? And how do you create a safe space for your guests? And that's something I've done with Podcast Junkies and 100 plus interviews with Vertical Farming, where I specifically interview only CEOs and founders. So that was even a bit of more of a stretch because I started that first show in 2020 and I knew nothing about Vertical Farming. And now it's the number one show in that space. But I use the tools I learned in Podcast Junkies to really like hone in, develop that relationship, 
And now I feel super comfortable, you know, talking about a topic that I'm, I'm learning alongside my audience at the same time. And now I go to the vertical farming conferences and I speak and I hand, shake hands with these CEOs and they're like, oh, I really had a great time on your show. So just coming full circle is really, I'm, I have a really passionate interest in the time that I spend with my guests and, and really my focus is on them for that entire hour and making them feel comfortable and making them feel welcome. Is there anything that you think as a business owner uh, or, or in your experience, meeting all of these who have been training or putting together podcasts or strategizing to uh, be on shows or, or be a guest on, on a show or create their own show, um, what kind of skills do you think uh, translate from creating or, or being involved in the podcast scene uh, directly to, you know, business ownership or or being an entrepreneur in a high level position. I think what's happened over the years since starting the first show in 2014 is my ability to be a better listener, which has been helpful for me in my conversations with prospects, with my and my and and obviously hiring coaches. It's interesting because if you want to get better in a specific skill, if you want to grow visibility in a specific industry, if you want to be seen as a subject matter expert, which a lot of business owners do, they come in and they, you know, either they've had experience in corporate and now they're starting off on their own, or sometimes they just get started coaching and, you know, they have a specific skill set, whether it's in like mindset or leadership skills, and then they want to hone in and build a business around that. A lot of times, if you're just getting started as a business owner, nobody knows who you are, and you don't have this interest, uh, this experience to show that you've you, this proven success and track record of working with clients. So, a lot of times, for the, you know some of the folks that we build shows for, they're business owners, and I said, look, you want to be seen as an expert in your space. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. If you've started to work with clients, you can interview them on the show. There's nothing better for a conversation when you're having a conversation with a prospect to say, hey. Actually, Brian, why don't you go back and listen to, you know, episode three of my podcast where I interviewed one of my one of my clients and we'll talk about the success he had. And there's a very easy framework to do if you're if you're using this model. You ask them four questions if you're if you're interviewing one of the clients that have been, you know, had success with you. Number one, what was it that you were struggling with a year ago before we met? Number two, what was it about our, my coaching service, my business, my offer? What was it about it that made you want to start working with me? Number three, what's the result you've had since we've been working together? And number four, what advice would you give someone who's in your shoes a year ago? So that four-part simple framework, if you ask those questions and you pull out the threads from those answers, it becomes a super powerful testimonial. And now that content, that lives, that's evergreen content that's sitting on your podcast. So now, you know, fast forward six months from now, you're having a call with a prospect. You don't have to feel like you need to close them on that conversation. I, this is exactly the model that one of my previous clients, Carrie Granger from Leadership Impact uh, did. Every season was a specific thing that she focused on. One was about trust. One was about teamwork. She's a high keynote speaker now. She gets paid, I think, like 80K to speak uh, at keynotes and conferences. But what she does is she coaches specifically CEOs on leadership. And so what she does is she has a prospect call with them. And then she calls her past podcast episodes prescriptions she's like i'm going to prescribe a couple episodes for you from my, my back catalog and she'll send them there and they go listen and they see carrie coaching this client and they hear her in her element they're like wow like 
she knows what she's doing. She's she's clearly like knows what she does, and and it makes it so much easier because then they're like, okay, yeah, I get it. You know what you're doing, and I want to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I I love that four part the four part question. I'm gonna I'm going to use that. Please do absolutely. I'm going to use that. Uh, I hope Carrie doesn't get upset. All right. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure, Harry. I try to stay under 30 minutes, so unfortunately we're out of time today. Um, but where can the listener find out more? Notice I said one listener, not plural. Uh, where can the listener find out more about you? And uh, feel free to plug any, any number of outlets. You mind if I share one more story? Yeah, of course. Share as much as you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I this this concept of podcasting. I I, I took a speaking course because I wanted to learn how to speak on stage better, and I and I sort of became aware of like common trends and 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 patterns in my life. And I'd always followed what I what I considered other people's voices. Like in the beginning, like it was my corporate boss, like he was my corporate godfather, and he would be like, "Can you work here?" And I would always he would get me these jobs, and he, I was just listening to him, and I was like, "Yeah, he's he's guiding my career in a positive direction." At one point during the dot com craze. He's, I met someone who was doing a, a Latino portal and everyone was losing their mind in dot-com craze. I, I left my job at Chase for a, a non-paying job in a dot-com. I cashed out my 401k to zero. I don't recommend anyone does this. It's a bad move. <laughs> Needless to say, like a, a year later, I, I, I had to go back and to my corporate godfather. I'm like, hey, you got a job for me? <laughs> um, later on, I was working at... at, at uh, uh, Chase again, and I connected to my half brother who lived in Atlanta. Somehow he convinced me to move down to Atlanta to work from. He worked in construction. I wasn't even like IT or tech. Like I literally like went down. We closed the deal in the Hooters, so that probably made, showed you like where this was destined. But it just did not end up well. Everything they say about working with family turned out to be true. About a year and a half later. Like I had to come back with my tail between my legs to go live with my parents again. This is like I think it was like uh, 2004. I was like 34. I had a ticket to Thailand. So I went to go to Thailand to, to just clear my head, go there, and just spend time with a friend that I had met a couple of years ago in Amsterdam. We had a great time. He drove me around the island. We went up to a hike. We're on this trail on this waterfall. He's like, hey, why don't you come over to where this waterfall, like the view from where I am is really better. And he was like, oh yeah, it's cool. And there was a little stream in front of me. We're at the top of a waterfall. I step into the stream to get to where he is. Both, but the, what I didn't realize was how slippery the rocks underneath were. So both my legs go up in the air, like literally like a cartoon, but I land on my back and I proceed to get carried over the edge of the waterfall. This is happening, Brian, so fast, like seconds. And out of the corner of my eye, it's spot like a boulder. And I'm just like, I stick my, I, I just instinctively stick my left leg out and I stop myself from going over the falls. I'm in Thailand. So you can imagine like the, the health situation or whatever would have come. I would have mean, I wouldn't have been pretty. And I, I'm sure I would have like died like a painful six hour death on some random waterfall. My friend is like wide eyed. He's like, pulls me out of the water and I'm like shaken. He's shaken. We, we kind of managed to kind of shake it off. We have fun the rest of the day. The next couple the, the next week there, I had fun. I get back to New York. And it's not like something happened in that moment where I'm just like, oh, aha, I see like the meaning of life. But as I was back in New York, I was slowly starting to, to see this idea of this pattern that I had. And then, and then, and then I, I saw what had happened to me in Thailand. And I was like, I was like, damn, what a shame it would have been if I died with my voice inside of me. 
right? I was like, oh man, you know, so I was kind of like been thinking about that. And this is, this all came when I was, I took that, that speaking class and I was like, wow, just watching this. And I was like, always kind of like listening to other people's voices. And for the first time I was like, I just need to listen to my own voice. And that's where like the podcasting thread comes in because I, I began to see, as I started my show, the power of like having your own voice. And I believe like for everyone that's listening, for every single listener that's listening to this or watching this, that everyone has a voice inside them that needs to be heard. And I don't want people to wait like 30 years like I did to figure this out and just to figure out, everyone's got a message. Everyone's got a story. If I spent enough time with you, I'm sure I'd get some amazing stories out of you. And I'm sure the same with you. If you spend enough time and you ask the right questions to the right people, you know, everyone's just, just just like they're bottling it up inside of them. And I don't want that to happen. I just want people to share their stories because that's how we make like these human connections. Like I believe my purpose on to, on this earth is to share my journey with people. The good, the bad, the highs, the lows, the, the crappy, the, the, the real positive stuff, the real low stuff, because someone out there is going to be like, oh, my God, I did that. Or I resonated with that. Or like, oh, my God, that's me. Or that was me five years ago. Or like, oh, that's where I'm headed. So like, I'll just keep shouting from the rooftops, like, share your story, share your story, because and don't do it in a way where you feel like, well, no one wants to hear this. Or who am I to share this? Or my story's boring. Or like, just kind of you know, speak without worrying about who's listening, because someone is, <laughs> you know, when I speak on stage, like, all I want is it to affect one person. And so far, it's happened, whether I'm speaking to 10 people or 100 people, there'll be one person who comes up with, like, that thing you said on stage, he's like, yeah, I need to hear that today. So, th so thank you. So, you know, hopefully something I've said resonates. But you know, if anything, just it's just a reminder, just share your story, whether it's in writing, I've been writing a weekly newsletter now for the past, uh, nine months and you know anything you can do to get your word out is basically what i want to leave your listener with so yeah i mean like you said if folks want to learn more um you can head to the the website fullcast.co it's it's a full service done for your podcast agency but i'm also been pretty active on socials i am harry duran on uh, twitter i've been spending a lot of time on threads now because it's a writing platform which i like because i like writing more than just showing silly memes and photos so any one of those places i obviously active on linkedin i can share all the links with you later you can put those in the show notes as well okay awesome thank you harry and i'm sorry for mispronouncing your name in the introduction <laughs> <laughs> no the easiest way to remember it and this is probably dating myself as well it's like Dur the band duran duran but that's a 80s reference yeah. as well <laughs>